it's your boy Antoine Dennis Mill. Sports Machine Podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Thank y'all for tuning in, man. I just want to take a quick second out to, um, you know, talk about the Kobe Bryant situation. But to do that, I'm going to bring in my best friend and my best friend Simon Fiends. We're going to talk a little bit about that. But uh, before I do that, um, Super Bowl 54 is around the corner, so I'm going to give y'all my piece of prediction on that as well. And on top of that, uh, the X Factor. take a quick break and let y'all listen to some tunes uh, before I bring in my buddy. Uh, I'll be right back. Yo, this is Will Walker from Will's Take on Sports on Spreaker.com and you're listening to the best darn sports podcaster in the city of Atlanta, my boy Smitty Smith and Smitty Sports Machine. Take care. I holla. Hey, what's going on? What's up, man? That much, man. I had to take up a little bit of your time, man. I got to get into this Kobe Bryant thing, man. Um, like I said from the introduction, uh, this is my boy Simon Phoenix. Uh, you know, one of my best sports buddies and best friend. Uh, we gonna give y'all our thoughts right quick on Kobe Bryant, and you know, the whole world is still, you know, shocked and in mourning and grieving. And you know, this is one of those type thing that happens in once in a lifetime that uh, you know, God decides to say, you know, I'm finna let y'all know that I'm still in control. I'm finna, you know, show y'all something, shift, you know, shift the ties and things. But that's the way you know life works sometimes. As you know, our grandparents told us, you know, life is just not fair sometimes. And this is one of those instances that uh, you know, life just threw threw you a curveball. And two days later, you know, I'm still, you know, kind of shook. And it's one of those things that uh, I think it'll take a while to wear off in, you know, certain parts of the year. Um, I think um, it can still be, you know, hard, you know, when certain things come up, like uh, time he won his first championship, uh, his birthday. Uh, man, it's just so many instances that, um, you know, will bring his name up. And there will always be this debate, Kobe LeBron, Kobe MJ. Uh, so, you know, it's one of those things that will never go away. When you're a legend and you're immortalized, your name floats around, you know, just like a cloud. It just stays there, goes and comes. So before we, you know, get our way into this, um, let me get your opinion on, you know, what happened and what you were doing when you found out that uh, he had, you know, left us. Man, I was, uh, I was just actually just going about my normal day. I was, 
I was on the computer and, you know, just kind of browsing your phone and stuff like that. Just just a normal routine for me. And then it popped up and I was like, somebody, you know, playing a sick joke. Y'all need to stop this, right? And I just kind of egged it. And then it kept coming up on, on feeds and stuff like that. And I was like, all right, let me see, you know, let me see, you know, what's going on. And I fired up NBA TV, and that's when I saw Brian, uh, oh, what's his name? Brian Shaw, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, talking about the whole situation. And when I saw the tears, I was like, okay, this is this is legit. This is real. You know, like, what? You know, I was like, WTF, you know? Like, how? You know, this is Kobe Bryant. This ain't supposed to happen to him, you know? Right. So... Right. That's that's how it was for me. It was, you know, I was man. It was almost like going to the dealership and thinking you're gonna get a car for X number a number of dollars. And then you see that price tag sticker shop. Like what? You're right. You know. Right. So. Right, and I tell you, man, I was I was doing the same thing, man. I was uh, on the internet um, on Instagram uh, when I seen it on one of my classmates' page. I'm like, oh man, here they go again. Cause everybody know if y'all out there listening, uh, they've killed Betty White off about three or four times. And she's 98 years old and still ticking. So I thought it was one of those, one of those kind of sick jokes. Right. <laughs> but like you said, I went to NBA TV, seen the same thing. Brian Shaw bust down in tears and they were talking about it. And when he started talking about the memories, you know, it, it happened. Yeah, the tears did it. And it hit so hard because when my wife found out, she came all the way in the room, in the other room where I was, she said, you all right? Because she had seen it. And she know how big of a sports fan I am. And, you know, she's seen me write up about Kobe Bryant, uh, you know, talk about him, uh, do videos about him. So she knows, you know, when a person like that, you know, something happens to him, you know, she's going to know, you know, when you're not right. And she still knows, you know, that I'm not, you know, back to 100% yet. Because things like that, you know, and this is the strange thing. When people die sometimes, they don't have to be a family member. They don't have to be a friend. It, but it's just their impact on everyday life that, uh, you know, can change the way a person feels or thinks about them because you know yourself we've been friends over 20 20 something years damn near 30 and you know yourself uh when you know someone like that because we've seen it with prince seen it with mj when somebody like that perishes uh it just changed your whole perspective you know on life itself like i said you don't have to be friends uh cousins but if somebody you know, an icon like Kobe Bryant, who we haven't seen since Michael Jordan, you know, leave us, you know, sudden. I mean, what else, you know, where can your mindset go? Yeah, that's just it, man. It really can't. And then, you know, what's even more horrific is uh, going back, we only had found out that it was Kobe, you know, it took almost two or three hours later that we found out his daughter was on the dang on, um, helicopter too along with you know I think three other young ladies three other young you know young kids or right you know it was nine yeah and I was gonna say when you when I heard that I was like man I know 
I know he held her the whole way down. And that's they ended up finding, you know, the um the the, the report ended up indicating that, man. And it was just like, woo, and you know, we me and you both, we have girls. You know what I'm saying? Right. So that that's what that's when it really you know, the fact that it had happened, man, it was one thing. And I was like, all right, well, you know, we gotta be strong and uh you know, we're gonna keep his memory and his religion alive. But when I found out that his girl was with him, and then of course other little girls was there, you know, that's when the fatherhood kind of kicked in. It was like, you know, forget about being a fan or forget about the sports thing and, and all that stuff. You know, from one father to another father, it's like, man, you know, I feel for you. I, you know, and I don't have, you know, no one ever have any healing words for that, man. Like there's, there's nothing anyone can say to, um to heal that because there's nothing you can do. You, you right. get me? There's nothing you can do. You know, no matter how beautiful but you, I mean, LeBron, man, basically, if you really go back and look at, I, I want to say they had just talked the day before when he had uh, broke his record. Not but even if you 25. At, you, yeah. If you look at the, um, what he said about Kobe Park, and I mean, you know, this is a day before this happens. It was almost like a eulogy that he gave him. You know the way that he was praying, right? right. Passing him, it's like God, dog. You know that, that this hit this. Uh, you know this hit you hard if you ain't prepared for it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, right. If, you know, especially if you you've never experienced a, a tragedy like this. It, you know, I'm I'm certain a lot of people, man. This is the first time they experienced anything like this, and it's hurt them dear. And you know, right. I can only just imagine what his wife and his, his mother and his father. Cause you know right. that's what I was about to say. Um, you think about his wife Vanessa; they've been married. We just talked about this. They've been married for twenty years almost, and you know when you with somebody that long, they become a part of you. And not only that, and not only that, you know, having three kids and you know you kissing them one last time, you know, not knowing that they would be the last time that you see them alive. And right. I, I always tell my daughter, you know. Be thankful that you uh, wake up in the morning. When you leave out the house, you don't never know if you're coming back or not. That is all. That is a blessing that you know is in the Bible. That's why you're supposed to say prayers before you leave the house and when you get back in the house, even if you have to pray to yourself. And knowing what Vanessa Bryan is going through, losing her spouse and wanting her oldest child at the same time, that has to be one of the most heartbreaking feelings that uh, you know could ever be created. And right. I know that, you know, the old saying goes that, you know, God don't put more on you than you can bear. Uh, we don't know if that comes into question or not because I, you know, personally, I don't know how she feel, but, you know, by grieving along with her, I just know it's not easy. Oh, so, yeah, definitely. you'll have three other kids to take care of. And, you know, I know that they're well off, you know, financially, but at the same time, that does not bring her husband back nor her child. Exactly. That's what I was going to say, man. You know, it's one thing to bury a, a, a mate or a spouse. It's another thing, and that's what I was going to touch on, man. It's another thing to bury a child. You know, I know it's, uh, I, I know it's probably cliche or, you know, it's, it's, it's a quote from a movie, but it's a true thing what John Q said, man. You know, no one wants to bury their child. Their child wants to, you know, you want your child to bury you. So, right. 
Absolutely. You know, you, you know, you don't want to see that as a parent, man. And uh, like I said, that's just it's got to be. This is probably. Well, no, it's not probably. This will forever be the worst day of her life because uh, you know she lost not one but you know two loved ones, you know, a husband and a, and a child. So, right. Like I said, you know, I can only imagine what his father, you know, as a father, is, is going through right now. You know, his mother. You know. Right. And the, and the sad part is, you know, um, we've read about, you know, him not having a good relationship with his father for a while, but they ended up mending, you know, he finally started coming to Kobe Bryant's basketball games uh, when he got older. And, you know, the things that were going on with his memorabilia and, you know, all that. Throw all that out the window. Yeah. When, you're, when you're a parent, just like me and you, like you said, uh, we're a father to girls, so we know how girls, but when you have a son and you have plans for your son and your son reaches his goal, makes you proud on the inside. So when they finally got their relationship mended and everything started going in the right direction, um, you can see the attitude of Kobe changed. Now his attitude on the court, you know, it never changed. I always had that, you know, I'm gonna take you out type mentality. And to, to be honest, and I told this to one of my followers on social media, that is the biggest thing that's missing from today's NBA game, competition. Uh, everybody wants to be everybody's friend. Uh, they don't have, you know, that passion, you know, like they had in the 90s when we grew up. Because right. when you played against Jordan, he wanted to take you out. Even, yep. even Shaq had that mentality and you put two of the same type people on one team look what happened 2001 to 2003 Lake, all Lakers nothing but Lakers so let's talk about right quick uh, his basketball career and what you know it meant you know to us as fans um, the impact he had on the world like I said earlier um Sum his career up in in a couple of words. Uh, man, I mean, his career is not it's not really much bad you can say about it. You know, when you look at his career, <laughs> you, uh, I don't even go that far. I'll just say this, man. You know, if, if there was a, you, you know, there's a clone of a person which is exact, you know, mirror image, and then there's a carbon copy. And Kobe is the, the closest carbon copy to Michael Jordan that we had, that we've seen, and probably will ever see. Because, you know, basically, like what you said, man, you don't see that type of competition and competitiveness uh, amongst players anymore like you do. And, and I understand, you know, times change and what have you. But, you know, when you, you look at a guy that was a stone-cold killer on the court, I mean, he was the last one that um, I would say every night for about 38 to 40 minutes, he brought it, you know, because, you know, they, they played big minutes back in the day. Right. So, you know, it, it, it wasn't no 25 minutes as a starter like you see nowadays, but, you know, he brought it both ends, you know, passion, wanting to win, um, you know, wasn't afraid to take the last shot, you know, could he be a little cocky and selfish at times? Yeah, but that's what made Kobe Kobe. So, you know, stellar career, man, no flaws in my opinion. 
you know, the, the only, you, you can nitpick it about things, but at the end of the day, it's it's pretty flawless. It's about as flawless as a human being can be, you know, career-wise. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And if you look back at his career, you know, all of his accomplishments, um, this is another reason why, you know, we compare him to Jordan. We know he had Shaq, you know, the first three championships. But if you look at, you know, the stats that uh, he put up, especially in the Portland series, that kept them moving, you know, towards that first title, he averaged over 30 points that, you know, that that particular series, and that is what really catapulted the Lakers. Because let's be honest, we all know Shaq is a great center. But if he didn't have Kobe that that heart of Kobe Bryant on that team, I don't think they would have made it. Because they had a great team, but they didn't like the like just put it like this. Do you remember the Michael Jordan Bulls? Uh Michael Jordan had a lot of, you know, role players. Scottie Pippen was the only really superstar that he played with early on. Right. So that Lakers team was built just like that. Correct. So if Kobe had not been on that team with Shaq, Shaq does not win those titles. It's pretty much like when he had Penny Hardaway. They had a whole bunch of role players after that. Well, they did have Nick Anderson, but you know he wasn't a big name back then. But yeah, to an extent, I mean that's another story. But yeah, I get I get the gist of what you're going to. Um, but you know what, man? Honestly, you have to look at it like this. Really won, like really won more without having at least a 1A or a 1B or a, or a strong, solid number two. Well, but the only team that we know of is the, the Pistons, the 04. That's the only team. That's the only team that actually ever won with just straight role players. But the role players were so legit with that team, man. You know, you can't end it. It's, it's hard to to bring that one up to actually be COVID that year. <laughs> but um, right. when, when you look at it, man, I mean, that, the, the, the roles that those guys played, I mean, that's, that's like I said, that's another story too. But, um, you know, when you talk about guys that really, like I said, you, you you know, we've talked about this in the past, the only ones that have really won with straight role players as the star was Dwayne Wade and, of course, Dirk Nowinski. But, right. um, you know, everyone has to have somebody on, on your side. You can't go out there, you know, no matter how good you are, you're not going to go out there 82 straight games and, and you know, keep your team in, in, in any type of competition because, you know, your body gets fatigued. You work, you, know, you may have to hold off on on, on, on certain things because you've got nagging injuries, and et cetera, et cetera, and you need someone to step up. Right. But for the most part, I mean, like you said, man, you know, a young kid, I think he was, what, 19 or 20 when he first uh, finally became a starter. They yeah. won. Uh, when they won what in that lockout area, right? What was that? Right. Ninety-eight or ninety-nine or something like that. Ninety-eight. Yes. Yeah. They had the lockout. They won that title. What they win two back to back or something like that. They won. Actually, they won three straight. Three straight. Two right. thousand. Two thousand and two. Right. So when you when you look at that, you know, you you have to remember he he made some big plays in right. the playoff. You know, regular season. I mean. You want to see your, you know, you know what it is. Regular season is that you're trying to get to the playoffs. The playoffs is where it counts, and that's when he really put up some big numbers. And that's when he had to, you know, say, "Shaq, listen, man, I know who you are, but I'm gonna have to take over." You know, and he he did he did his thing, man. Like, and that, it's funny. Man, you said that. 
it's you funny. Know, he's a young player. Shaq's a little bit older. Right. We it's arrogance, but when you really sit back and look at it, if you think about it now, and it's a shame that we have to think about it now at this point, but when you look at it, it's like, no, young fella had some swagger, and young fella wanted to win. Right. And he found a way to do it. And he did it. So, right. you know, man, when you really talk about his career and what he did, I mean, it's really no no personal, you know, no no real flaws that you can find, you know. Yeah, he has a record for the most missed shots, but that's your star player. You do want him taking the most shots. So, right, 20 years, he's going to probably accumulate more misses because he's a perimeter player. He doesn't play with his back towards the basket like a power forward or a center. So, yeah, you expect things like that. Right, and then, you know, you look back at the year that they beat the New Jersey Nets. That playoff run was probably, in my opinion, the best playoff run ever because they went 16-1. and and that game that they lost, they threw in the towel, basically, you know, to go back home and win on their home court. So, right. what seemed into his legacy, in my opinion, 2009. And the reason why I say that, uh, they had won three titles to start the decade. Then, you know, Shaq left, and they kind of faltered for a while. Right. 2008, 2009. Oh man, Kobe's building up the momentum again. <laughs> uh, he had just lost to the Celtics the year before, which I right. feel like they they should have won. But you know, you're trying to build that chemistry with your players. 2009, they get that chemistry together. Kobe gets back on top. You know, three. I'm sorry, four championships in one decade hasn't been done since Michael Jordan won those six in the nineties. That put Kobe on the map, in my opinion, because he carried that team from beginning to end. And that right there cemented his legacy because he let you know, I'm not taking no precedence. What he did the next season was great too, but that season, the 2009 season, I'll never forget it because he carried that team from front to back. But before I go on, let me give y'all a couple of things that he done accomplished in his career. We all know about the five NBA championships, two two finals MVP in 2009-2010 that I just said that, you know, carried it and built his legacy, cemented it rather. Um, he was an 18-time All-Star, won All-Star game MVP four times, 11 times All-NBA first team, which is ridiculous. Uh, and this is what people don't realize about Kobe. They always say, he never passed the ball. Uh, he was a ball hog. But Kobe made the all-defensive team nine times. So, if you want to criticize him about, you know, taking too many shots, being a ball hog, a lot of times Kobe created his own shots by taking the ball away and stealing the ball. So, just think about that. When you can play defense like that, uh, to start a fast break and create your own points, that throws that whole ball hall argument right out the window. Uh, he was a two-time NBA scoring champion. We all know he won a uh, slam dunk contest uh, in his first year, in his rookie year. And he was doing that. Um, his, um, both of these eight and 24 retired by the Lakers. And 
we all know about the points. Uh, 33,643 was good for 4,000th time at 25 points a game. So think about all those stats that he's accomplished while playing and what he did off the court, you know, after his playing days were over. Uh, Academy Award for his short film, Dear Basketball, and that was a great, you know, little piece. So y'all go check that out. Now, he said, you know, in a couple of interviews before his uh, passing that um, his daughter got him back into basketball. He was focusing on his business ventures more than uh, going to basketball games and, you know, getting back and, you know, doing interviews and things, talking about basketball. But his daughter was the reason why that he got back into falling in love with basketball. And he was training her uh, to, you know, probably, you know, be his clone at whatever level she chose to play at. Because uh, they had already started recruiting her at UConn and they actually, you know, put a jersey on their bench uh, during their la- during last night's game, which was J- January 27th. Um, so his daughter had that same, and she actually looks just like him. Uh, she had that same type motivation that he had. So, you know, this is another reason why this is so heartbreaking because, you know, his daughter was a complete clone of what he was and what he meant. So we've seen that greatness in her as well. So, I just want y'all to think about this. Kobe was more than a basketball player. He was a philanthropist. Um, He was a role model. So, for us to lose all that at one time and, you know, after only 41 years, um, it's just hard to deal with. But, um, Give me your thoughts on his, you know, playing career before we get out of here. Well, yeah, man. I mean, you pretty much, you know, summed everything up and hit it on the put hit the nail with the hammer on it. You know, as far as uh, I'll talk about uh, a, a few things, man. As far as you know, people talking about him being selfish or and, and things like that. Well, part of it, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna level with you. You know, it, it came probably from maybe one other way. No, I'm gonna just go ahead and say, it, man. It came from Shaq. He was jealous of the kid. You know, you remember, right. I don't know if you remember when he started that room and he kept calling them showboat and all that stuff. And yeah. then that came about and, you know, you know, this rift and all this ended up coming out. But despite all that and squashing that, you know, he held his head strong and continued to play his game. And when you look at it, man, honestly, what I tell everybody is, you know, it's, it's no, you're not going to ever win with a fan. And what I mean by that is, you know, LeBron always gets, uh, you know, forced and uh, what do you call it? Uh, he gets always uh, trying to think of the, the correct word to say it. I guess typecast and, uh, you know, trashed for being a, uh, a player that passes the ball all the time and not dominate. But the minute he does that, then you're going to label him. That, that's what it was, label. The minute he does that, then you're going to label him a showboat or, uh, you know, a ball hog. The same right. thing with Kobe. You know, he, this is your main score. You know, what do you want him to do? He's not supposed to pass. He's not supposed to lead the team in assists. His job is to score. And if he, you know, if he wants to be the best player, his job is to stop the other player on the other end. Right. That's what you pay him to do. You don't pay him to facilitate the ball to create plays, uh, you know, for, for his time on the court. You pay him to make sure that, that ball goes in the basket. 
that's what Kobe was. That's who he, that's that's you know who he was. That's his career, and that's what he did. He was a scorer and a, a pretty good scorer at that. I mean, you know, the Norman speak for himself. So you know the, those labels, you're never gonna win. It, one way or another, it's gonna always be something. He didn't pass enough. Well, he wasn't supposed to, or he took too many shots because he was supposed to. He's, he's the scorer of the team. That's that's what he does. That's why you have a power forward, a center to rebound and, and uh, get the ball. And that's why you have a point guard and a small forward or a swing man to assist him in scoring and uh, facilitating the ball. But that's right. what you have him to do. Right. And, you know, you look at his numbers, man. He put up five and five. You know, five rebounds, five assists with 25 points tonight. And that's that's unheard of. Right. You know, there's only a handful of cats that have done that. Right. Yeah, and think about this also. Um, the area he played in was totally different. Um, it was called shooting guard for a reason. Yeah, now, exactly. think about this. You have Allen Iverson, Michael Jordan, and I'll just go out and say Mitch Richmond. Uh, look at those players from that era and if you bring you know how much they changed the game uh from hand checking you know when they start doing that to me that just destroyed the game uh but if you think about other shooting guards in the 90s he brought that mentality into the 2000s and it you know it helped him it helped him yeah, it, did. it, it did. helped him find himself and it was once the breeze. That, right and once he did that you know, the league couldn't stop him. Uh, look at the 81-point the game. He got in a zone that was unheard of. 81 points in a basketball game. That looked like a high school game. I actually remember watching that whole game. I do, too. He had, what, at halftime, he had, what, about 40? Uh, what, he had at halftime? I forget, man, but I just know he was, he was dominating, man. He just... He never let up that whole game. And I forgot the other game, man, where he scored, what was it, 62 or 66 or right, something like that in, right. in three quarters of play? Right, versus Dallas in 2000. You know, like, and who does that? I mean, who does this? You know what I'm saying? Like, we we didn't even see this from Mike. You know, Mike was, was a bad man. Let's, let's you right. know, let, that, let it be known, you know, even though Mike didn't put up 80 points, he still – he was the best two guard out there. That that be, but I mean, when you you know you got a, a, a carbon copy that can keep pace with you like that, you know, uh, he he solidified himself as the greatest second two guard out there. He he really solidified himself, and he probably um uh you know I mean it's it's no arguments from the two thousand as good as LeBron James is and good as D-Wade was and uh you know as good as KD they all even though they they came out in the uh you know KD that is came out in the later 2000s you know the 2000s and this was all Kobe that was his his era you know he dominated now it was not one player better than him in that era although you know you can make some arguments of, of what LeBron did but you know it was still Kobe it was you know he was the man yeah and then you seen his heart uh before I close this out you seen his heart when uh, he broke his Achilles, tore his Achilles rather. Um, yeah. That is a painful injury. Oh, uh, yeah, you can't stand scary, up. I heard many scary movies, scary. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, comments about that. And this guy stood up there on both of his legs, 
like wasn't nothing wrong, shot those free throws, and walked off the court. Right. You when you tear your Achilles or rupture it, uh, you can't stand up, period. Right. So for him to walk off on his own power, that showed you his heart. Oh yeah. And that will be and a lot of young players look up, you know, to things like that. And you know, that would it would just be missed because we probably will never see that again. And if we do, it won't be in our lifetime right now. So <clears throat> Kobe Bryant, you know, gone at the age of 41, you know, very, you know, fulfilling life. Uh, but as my grandma McCauley told me, God always has other plans. Um, he can be doing it to keep the great people out of harm's way. Um, he could be doing it, you know, because, you know, using it as a wake up call for us all. So no matter what the reason is, you know, we got to witness greatness. And now, you know, it's time for someone in the NBA to try to build another legacy. Because Kobe is all on the playing field all on his own. Right. So those are our quick thoughts on this podcast. Um, when I come back, I'm going to, you know, give my quick thoughts on Super Bowl 54 and uh, give y'all my picks and predictions. Uh, I want to thank my boy Simon Felix for always looking out for me, having my back, and coming to join me right quick uh, to talk about this because, you know, I had to get it off my chest. I just had to. And we will uh, be right back. Uh, take a listen to this music while uh, I take a quick break and get myself together. What's going on, everybody? It's Mike Patton, a.k.a. The General, SportsAwakening.com, and you're tuned in to Smitty Sports Machine and my boy, Antoine Smitty Smith. What's going on? It's your man, Raphael Haynes, a.k.a. Mr. Controversy. Did you miss me? It's a must that you keep it locked here on the Sports Machine Podcast. My man, Smitty Smitty. Yeah. look at the 49ers defense 
Uh, they have it all. Huge pass rush, uh, athletic secondary, uh, very quick linebackers who can hit and cover, and that will be dangerous in any situation. Uh, that defense uh, has four number one picks on the defensive line, a future Hall of Fame cornerback, and a young linebacker uh, that you know will be probably an All-Pro a couple of times before his career is done. So when you put that with you know a running game that uh, has a three-headed monster, which means they have great chemistry in my opinion. Uh, with the 49ers, um, that's pretty tough to beat. Now, I had questions about Jimmy Garoppolo, but those questions are long gone, as he has pretty much uh, solidified his himself as, you know, a great quarterback in the NFL. If you look at that last game, yes, he only had, what, 77 yards passing, but that dominant run game took over the game and ran it down Green Bay's throat. So for the Chiefs to win this game, they must contain all three of those running backs. And they have to contend with George Kittle. That may be a heavy order, you know, for a Kansas City team, you know, whose defense, you know, at the beginning of the year, uh, they were, you know, stagnant. But towards the last half of the season, into the playoffs, they became one of the top ten defenses in the league. And that's mainly because of Tyron Matthews. Tyron Matthew, a former first-round pick of the Arizona Cardinals, then went to Houston. Now he's in Kansas City as he took over for Eric Berry. Uh, the Chiefs have Chris Jones up front of the defensive line, but I still like feel like in this draft they need to get him help, you know, on that defensive line, and they need help at the second level at linebacker. But when you have the type of energy that Matthew brings on defense, his playmaking ability. I think that wipes out some of the um, question that you have. Uh, it puts everybody up to par, gets everybody ready. So you have to have that person that keeps the chemistry going on defense. Uh, Offensive-wise, uh, we all know the show runs through Patrick Mahomes and that track team he has. That wide receiver and uh, Tyreek Hill, Cole Hardeman, Sammy Watkins, and an all-pro tight end at Travis Kelsey. So you look at that, you know, you think, you know, they have, you know, the advantage, but in a sense, they do, because if Damian Williams get running and Sean McCoy gets going, uh, it's going to open up passing lanes, and that is going to be pretty scary, so if you think about, you know, that, you said the Chiefs got this wrapped up, but not so fast, because in my opinion, they're and I think it will come down to the head coach. Veteran Andy Reid, who has over 200 wins. And Kyle Shanahan, who, had, who is 23 and 25. But we had the 49ers to a very good record this year. You know, so that, to me, is what it comes down to. Both have made it to the Super Bowl and lost. Uh, Kyle as the offensive coordinator of the Atlanta Falcons in 2016. Andy Reid as a head coach back in 2004. So, when you look at this, you know, picture, I'm going to go Andy Reid may have the upper hand because of his veteran, you know, his, um, his you know, background in the NFL. He had made way more NFC championship games uh, than a 
lot of coaches combined. So I think, you know, Andy Reid's uh, time in the NFL would be, you know, the final, you know, say-so in this game. I think he will pull it out in the end. Uh, I think the 49ers will run the ball pretty effectively. But uh, I think the Chiefs can as well. And on top of that, you know, I think Patrick Mahomes and that track team may be too much uh, for that 49ers secondary. So I'm going to go, you know, with the Kansas City Chiefs. And I, I'll give them a score of 27-24 in this one. Um, I think it'll be a great game throughout. Um, both teams will probably be able to run the ball. Uh, but I just trust the 49 I'm sorry, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, coaching staff and their receivers just a little bit more because they have some playmakers. Tyreek Hill can line up all over the field. On top of that, he can, you know, become a problem in special teams in the return game. So I think the Chiefs will pull out all the stops in this game, you know, to try to get it up and up on the San Francisco 49ers. And in the end, I think it will work. So I'm taking the Kansas City Chiefs over the 49ers. Super Bowl 54 that is my pick and before I get out of here um, I want y'all to like I said go check me out on Twitter at FatBoySlam underscore 21 if you're listening to this on Spotify please follow me I would greatly appreciate it uh, go to my YouTube channel uh, for my thoughts on some of the hottest topics in sports and I'm down in Atlanta and a lot of my topics on YouTube content yes i discuss all sports in all cities but atlanta is home and that's what i like to talk about with the braves the hawks and the falcons so if you're listening to this please go to my youtube channel and subscribe i have over 600 subscribers Uh, i'm trying to grow to get my advertising so subscribe will help you know help with that and again i would greatly that's all my time. Uh, I want to thank my best friend, uh, sports camaraderie, um, Simon Phoenix, for coming in, stopping in, talking Kobe Bryant with me. Uh, so, if y'all on YouTube, again, drop questions in the comments on the videos. Uh, I may use them as questions, you know, for a video topic. So, you just never know. But again, thank you for tuning in. It's your boy, Antoine Spitty Smith, Sports Machine Podcast. Thank y'all for tuning in. I will catch you on the flip side, my good people. Peace.